This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Rebecca Kirk. She is a UK-based holistic life and career coach. She helps people who are feeling stuck and unfulfilled at a career crossroads discover the clarity and belief to choose a path which brings them greater purpose, well-being, and joy. By bringing a spiritual approach to career coaching, Rebecca's mission is to enable us to use our work challenge as a catalyst to a deeper awakening. Awakening not only to our true potential, but to who we are underneath the roles we play and to the higher force which supports us. Rebecca's own awakening first began when she was living in West Palm Beach, Florida in the late 1990s and working as a swimwear buyer. It was triggered by a yearning for something deeper than her work and the material wealth she was surrounded by. After much soul-searching, she moved back home to the UK in 2001 and embarked on a career within the corporate retail world. In 2010, responding to an underlying sense of still being in the wrong job, she then took the life-changing decision to go on a career break to Sydney, Australia. That was where her own life and career transformation truly began, in part thanks to the previously undiscovered joys of Buddhist meditation and Kundalini yoga. She realized it was time to escape the corporate world for good and started her own business as a retail and brand consultant. She was then able to carve out a more balanced lifestyle and continue some of the practices she discovered in Sydney. And then in 2015, Rebecca had the epiphany which brings us to the present day. On a beach on the east coast of England, she looked out to the sea and asked the universe for guidance on what her next steps were. Having felt a calling away from the commercial world once and for all. And the answer was given to her. So at the age of 40, Rebecca retrained as a life coach and embarked on her ultimate career change. Her connection to purpose is something which now brings her immense joy and she uses her own career change experiences and all the tools and practices she learned along the way to enable others to find a deeper connection to their work and a more sustainable lifestyle to go with it. Rebecca's deep-seated connection to spirit is something she is passionate about integrating into her coaching practice and sharing with others, 
having witnessed the dramatic effects it has had on her own life. She works with clients around the world, providing one-to-one -one coaching programs and a new online career coaching course. Meet Rebecca on rebeccakirk.co.uk. Here is the interview with Rebecca Kirk. In your own words, who is Rebecca Kirk? So I would say I'm a loving partner, um, a daughter, sister, friend. Um, I'm a holistic life and career coach. I'm a lover of nature, of food, of music, of laughter. Uh, but I think underlying that, um, at my essence, I see myself as a, a divine being, um, a being of light, a being of love, and part of uh, the greater universal intelligence that I believe we are all a part of. Um, and I, I'd like to just be uh, put in there um, an old song by a band, a UK band from the 80s called uh, The Police, and they had a song called um, We Are Spirits in the Material World. And that, for me, kind of sums up um, what I'm about and what I believe all of us are about. What is your understanding and idea of spirituality? Uh, my, my understanding, my experience of it is a, a deeper connection to our true self. Um, so there is an internal dimension to it, but I think also an external dimension. So a connection to a higher force, uh, whatever, you know, we d decide to call that. And um, I think there is a distinction for me between religion and spirituality and very much spirituality is, is uh, something that resonates with me much more. I think there is a, a freedom to it and a, um, at its heart, that, that is what um, I, I believe we're here to, to experience you know, as, as a spiritual being. So. You said ego self, so there is the higher self and the ego self. What would that be, the ego self? So the ego self is is that side that I, I believe we all have or have experienced to some degree, uh, which is based in based in fear. It's it's that the the, the identity, the form identity. So um, you know who we are in terms of our roles, our um, you know maybe what we're wearing, what we own. Uh, it, it's that side of self in in the physical world. Um, as opposed to the higher self, which goes beyond the physical form, um, and I very much see, as I, you know, as I was describing my own um, identity, I guess having those two two parts to ourselves. I wonder often if it is possible to eliminate the presence of the ego self. Do you think it is? I think it's. Um, I think the aspiration to eliminate it completely can potentially be sort of counterproductive. Um, <laughs> right. I think it's a great aspiration. And I think the danger is sometimes in uh, trying to eliminate it with demonstrating further ego behavior. I think looking at it from a, a loving perspective um, and that opportunity to, to awaken, uh, I think the experience of the ego self often can be quite painful, quite difficult. And 
I think if we can use that as a um, a catalyst, as a, as a platform almost to go deeper into our higher self, then I think it's actually quite useful. But with the, with the view that we're wanting to kind of lessen the impact in our life um, and, and the higher self, I see that as the other extreme of, of coming from coming from a, a place of love as opposed to fear. So for me, they both kind of sit at, at opposite ends of that, that spectrum of, of love to fear, which is what a lot of, you know, the spiritual teachers talk about. What is your definition, your idea of success? What is to be successful to you these days? For me, it is, um, it, it's based around contentment. I think it's based around um, understanding our, our, our true purpose, which is for me is, is that connection, connection to consciousness, connection to that higher force. Um, for me, that supersedes everything else. In fact, um, I, I often work with clients on, on vision boards and obviously setting goals. And so I did that exercise for myself recently. And I realized that, you know, ahead of you know, work, um, work goals, or maybe kind of monetary goals, the most important thing for me is to find that connection to my being and that connection to to spirit to source that for me, is is the ultimate in in fulfillment. Um, so so success for me is to stay connected to that on a day to day or actually a moment to moment basis, um, which isn't easy, but it's, um, it's a great kind of guiding light if you like um which helps so true i love that word or this um, idea of getting to that state of mind of practicing and trying to be there contentment there's something about being content it has to do with gratitude too doesn't it yeah absolutely and i think um being yeah, being grateful for what we already have, and and recognizing that we have we have so much, uh, and I think our, you know, we we tend to default to the things that we haven't got or striving for some future points. And I think absolutely the practice of gratitude uh, can uh, connect you with that contentment and also raise raise your vibration. So actually, the things that you end up experiencing, you're going to attract more of what you want anyway from that higher vibration which certainly gratitude can enable yeah so i have heard and i have probably read about and yeah i have interviewed people actually about the law of attraction i guess the main question i have is using that to attract things that that we want but it's not really service of humanity it's not helping the whole. So I'm wondering how that works, how that plays out the law of attraction when it comes to that. Mm, that's a really, a really interesting question. Cause I think, um, you know, some people I think have, um, taken that process, that principle, uh, and, and potentially used it for, for, for things that aren't for our highest good or for, for humanity's highest good. And, and I think that underlying intelligence, will in a sense supersede that uh, the, the law of attraction. So if, if something, you know, doesn't uh, actually come about through that positive thinking, through that sort of projection, um, I, I think there is, uh, there is an onward kind of um, development opportunity, I guess, uh, of acceptance and understanding the bigger picture. 
um, as to why that might not happen. But I think it, it, it certainly throws up a lot of questions for people that, that read about that. Um, yeah, it's a very, very, very interesting question. I think that's one of the, the things that I tried to understand since the very beginning when I heard about it. Perhaps that's because I heard so much people talk about, oh, I have a house, I have this, because of the law of attraction. It, they talked a bit too much about the material aspect. Yeah, and I think you can use the law of attraction for those non-material goals. Um, you know, even even I think the experience of contentment, of peace, you know, that simple process of, you know, asking, believing, and then receiving, opening to receive, which is, the, I guess, the, the basic law of attraction process. I think you can use that for for the non-material. But, but equally, I think, you know, everybody's on their own path, on their own journey. And actually, if they have manifested or, or they're aiming to manifest the material, um, I think the ultimate realization that that is not truly fulfilling is perhaps something that they need to work through. Um, and, you know, and, until, you know, I think sometimes we have to be given the same message until we kind of wake up and go, right, th there's something else going on here. And certainly a lot of clients that I, I work with, they, you know, they think they're going to get that fulfillment through, you know, a better job, greater status, you know, uh, more material gain. And then they realize when they get that, that there's something still missing. Uh, but that's, That's a journey, isn't it? That's some. That's a realization that I think the universe presents to us, uh, and it's up to us how we show up to that, and then the, what we choose to do with it. Talk to me about the change, the career change. How did your life change? What was the process of changing careers, and what have you learned from it? Uh, my, my own personal experience. Do you mean of, yes. a career change? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I learned that certainly it was a process, and um, that the, the position that I'm in now, where I feel like I am doing work that, um, without sounding too kind of grandiose, I really believe I'm sent here to do, and I believe we all have something that we're sent here to do on whatever scale. Um, but you know, it has not been a linear journey. To this to this point, um, it's been a series of changes. Uh, it's been um, it's challenged, you know, every fiber of my being. But in that challenge, it has it has um, it, it's provided the uh, the impetus for me to find solutions, find new ways of doing things. And my work now is about enabling other people who are in a similar position to what I was, you know, around 10 years ago, uh, very unfulfilled by the corporate world. Um, it's giving them the tools and the means of which to find and connect with their, their purpose uh, and, and to live a life of greater, greater balance, uh, greater fulfillment. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's been a journey. Um, along the way, there has been... Um, a light bulb moment and and for me that is pure uh that is pure connection to spirit to the universe when when you get a flash like that and i was stood on a beach on the uh, east coast of england and i had a light bulb moment uh and it, it all made sense at that point um you know and then it's about showing up and being vulnerable and you know not being able to ignore those um That, that inner voice that's perhaps just been whispering to you until this point, and now it's shouting and, and kind of whacking you around the face. So it's time to get on with it. So, 
it's been you know it's been quite um quite varied in 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 you know like i say a light bulb moment and other things which are more more subtle than that you know that's kind of a murmuring that i've i've then responded to i think you mentioned intuition positive thoughts there's another word you use that i'm trying to find here oh yeah i found it vibrational uh, vibration. energy right right yeah mm. so would you say trust is the key having no doubt when the intuition speaks to us but there's another question that comes after that like what is intuition how do we know the difference between the ego voice and the intuition yeah yeah i mean i think that is the first thing is to learn to recognize when it, when your intuition is coming through versus uh, a, a a kind of a logical mind-based you know thought and you know i think connecting with uh with your body actually because you know some people feel it in the gut some people feel it in the kind of heart center uh some people get literally a flash coming through um and you know we 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 taught so much to uh base our decisions on logic um so this is kind of a bit of a rewiring and but um i pretty much every client that i work with i will try and enable them to connect or reconnect with their intuition because i believe we all have it it's it, it's there whether it's active or it's laid dormant for some years um but learning to read the signs physically in your body when it comes through i think is is the first thing uh and and it feels different to a thought uh it's um there is a different energy to it a different kind of texture to it if that makes sense and uh unless you kind of realize what it is it it can just be sort of dumbed down um so i think empowering people to to then act on it is absolutely 100% about about trust and i think trust for me is a is a huge topic um that that comes out in i would say almost every client i work with that there is there is a, an element of trust that um you know can really transform things and that's not just trust in the self that is uh, that is trust again in this higher force that we are being supported um and, and to tap into that more fully what do you think is the purpose of the human experiment i believe we are we're meant to experience a whole range of things emotions uh and and suffering i think is part of that um i um yeah that that is a really interesting one can you can you ask again can you just ask me that question again valerie yes what do you think is the purpose of the human experience i mean i think that for for me light is a really important uh symbol if you like um so bringing light into the world uh so manifesting in in physical form what exists in um you know in the spiritual realm birthing that bringing that into into our interactions into the things that we create um so being a vessel being a um yeah be, being being the sort of conduit for uh for spirit to um to share with others to help others even to challenge others i would say um yeah it's um 
I, I believe you know more and more there are there are t- those two sides are, are equally important, albeit quite contrasting. I think sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think we are we are put here to to experience the whole range um, and and to communicate that that being that light wow. and that love, I guess as well. What comes to me is love. Yeah, as one of the the ways that the light manifests here. And another word that comes to me is balance, harmony. And I'm wondering if that has something to do with um, trying to balance both being physical and spiritual at the same time. Mm. I mean, I, I think that starting from um, starting from our foundations, our, our, our spiritual foundations uh, first, and then the the physical to again to be the expression that comes after that. I think. Um, there's a great uh, spiritual teacher um, from a few years ago, Shakti Gawain, who introduced me to this idea of the three kind of states of being, which was being, doing, and having. And uh, to, to, you know, put our attention to the state of being first and foremost, so that our doing is then a, you know, more of an expression of that being. So we're, we're bringing things into this world that are more connected to, to spirit, if you like, or to that intelligence, um, rather than starting from a place of doing or even having, which, you know, I think people kind of come at it from thinking they're going to find that happiness from that point. So for me, balance is kind of recognized. I like, I like the analogy of a tree. So I imagine that, you know, the being state is, is the roots of the tree and getting those, uh, you know, getting those roots tended to and in, in a good place so that the, the trunk of the tree, which is our doing, um, can really thrive and be be strong and, and aligned. And then the having, which is the kind of leaves or the, the fruits of the tree, are, are w- w- that will come naturally because we've got the other two firmly in place. And for me, that is, that is balance for me. That's aligning those three states. What is the meaning of freedom to you, Rebecca? What is to be free? Would that be the same thing, being balanced? I think, well, I think freedom, it's, it's again, I think it's, I suppose there is a tangible aspect to it, but there's a feeling aspect to it. Um, but being able to choose the, um, choose, choose the path that you want to choose. And I, I guess I, I've, I've been looking at having that freedom. I've chosen several different paths in life that, um, you know, perhaps in some other countries, cultures, you wouldn't be able to choose. And, um, you know, so, so freedom for me is, is around choice. It's around expression. And, um, again, I guess in terms of spirituality, it's, it's, it's saying actually, this is what works for me. This is my version of spirituality. Um, I don't have to follow this particular, um, you know uh this particular path or this religion to get to to get to source you know this is my expression of it and and that um that is real freedom um yeah and and it's again it's the energy and the feeling that comes with that yeah it sounds um very much like it and that makes me wonder about the um choices and intuition or coming from that root from that being so that sounds like that we no longer make choices anymore. We are flowing with life. It's happening 
naturally. So there is a choiceless path in a way. So I'm wondering how those two making choices, trying to control life, our lives and just flowing with life and letting the being do the work. Yeah, I, again, I think listening to that inner voice. Uh, so so learning to tune into that, that little nudge, that little, you know, th this could be for your highest good and, and knowing the difference between that kind of choice and another choice, which is perhaps not um, for highest good. Um, but I've certainly been in the flow. Um, being in the flow, I think, doesn't always get us exactly what we've asked for. And I think, um, but but that the word trust for me comes in again here. It's trusting that actually what you have been presented with is for your highest good. There is something maybe that you need to heal um, or let go of or or learn um, and trust in why that is being presented to you uh, as opposed to the thing that you've, you've asked for, I think can just help, um, help, I guess, uh, just feel calmer, more, more centered, uh, which again comes back to balance, I guess, yeah. um, to your earlier point. So I'm wondering what it feels like when we have found our purpose. Mm. I think um, there is a kind of clicking into place. Certainly that's been my experience and the experience of clients who've found that purpose. Um, there, is, there is a sense of ease and I guess a, a lightness of being. Um, it's not to say that it's not without challenge, um, but I think... What happens when you do connect with that purpose is that uh, it, it, it empowers, it, it gives you the courage to uh, overcome any fears of being vulnerable, putting yourself out there, uh, you know, the hard work involved potentially. So it's, um, it's deeply motivating. Um, and I think it's just something that you don't really question. Um, yeah, I think that that, that calling, it, it makes sense. And I think when you've been in a, a career or a role where you haven't felt that, you know the difference. It's a knowing. <laughs> so knowing the difference, it might be the only way to know. Um, and that comes from experience, right, Rebecca? There's no way we can replace that because we have to experience both in order to know. Absolutely. And, and I, I believe that no experience is ever really wasted as such. I believe everything can be used to move us forward. It just depends on how we choose to, to view it um, as, a, um, you know, as an opportunity as opposed to um, something that can kind of bring us down. Um, yeah, and certainly, certainly the world of work is, you know, it, it's, it challenges us in every, every way. And I think, you know, um, coming to, to, to the, you know, needing a, a career change, that impetus that comes, you know, with that, that something is really amiss, you know, feeling like a round peg in a square hole. That's what I hear sometimes, you know, so that is a kind of a visceral sort of experience that people have. Um, and then when you fit that ease, that, that flow. Why do you think so many of us wait so long to make those changes? special career change when we are unhappy? Fear. Fear, well, okay. Mm, yeah. Number one, fear. Fear wow. of, um, you know, fear of making the wrong decision, fear of what others may think of us if we go and do something 
completely different. Fear, we're going to lose our income. I mean, the list goes on, but fear. And this is what then brings us back to the topic of ego because that is primarily fear-based. Um, yeah. But it, it is fear. What do we do with fear from your experience? What have you done? It's uh, something that we try to transmute, transform into something else. We try to eliminate, we integrate. What's the best way? Mm, mm. Um, there's a number of things. I mean, you know, I think, again, bringing it down to the, the spiritual and the sort of the, the physical, the tangible, in the spiritual sense, I think, uh, you know, meditating, meditating on trust, meditating on acceptance uh, in the tangible world. I mean, one, one of the things that is quite powerful is to just literally spell out that fear, spell out that, that belief. Um, and quite often it, it boils down to a, a belief that, you know, I'm not good enough. That is something I hear surprisingly often. I'm not good enough. Um, which is about as deep as it gets really. Um, but taking, taking people through a process that helps them identify that, understand where that's come from, um, and getting them to, to picture and really experience what it would be like if they were to let go of that belief, of that fear. So they have an experience of it before, which again comes a little bit back to the law of attraction here. Um, but then enabling them to turn that around and create an affirmation from it. Uh, a very simple affirmation that forms part of a daily practice um, to start, you know, giving your subconscious a new empowering message. Um, that, that's that's a couple of things. It can run really deep, um, you know. In 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 that this is you know a a, a kind of a, a a therapy or a counselling kind of job, you know, with it being about you know self worth. It's a very deep subject, but there are certainly things that can be done to uh, to work with it in a in a kind of a coaching context. Yeah, that brings me to that question about self worth, self care, self love. What are some of the best practices? To begin with, so we can yeah, improve and on these areas. Well, the the first thing that I recommend is to actually is for people to give themselves permission to practice self care. So, in my experience, people know what they need to be doing, but they're not doing it, and they quite often don't believe they should be spending time on themselves. Um, you know, there is a, a belief within there that uh, it's wrong. They feel guilty, especially if there's, you know, they have a family. Um, so working on that level, knowing that you you deserve it. And the analogy that always works for me and, and for clients is, you know, to put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help other people. So I think, again, working on the level of the mind before we kind of try and uh, bring in these kind of self-care practices in. Um, but, you know, be, beyond that, I think, you know, simply allowing yourself time and space. So for me, walking in nature is hugely therapeutic um, and is a great act of self-care and allowing yourself to be truly present when you're on that walk. So letting go of, of distractions. Uh, so no, no mobile phones, uh, that kind of thing, but being, being very, very present um, I think is the ultimate. And then, you know, obviously things like diet, things like sleep, sleep hygiene, um, you know, exercise. Uh, but, but it's also those little 
indulgences, just like treating yourself to a really lovely bath, um, you know, um, or, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of essential oils. So just having a, an essential oil by your desk to create a little pause in the day where you connect with the breath, because um, breath is life and it, it's, it's the most calming and the simplest practice that we can all do, but we kind of, it's easy to forget. Um, so yeah, th- th- there's a number of things um, and, and surprisingly simple as well, I think. So we're almost at the end. I have a few more questions for you, Rebecca. Would you like to add anything? Well, it's just been great to to be speaking with you today, Valerie. And um, it's a, it's a topic I'm very passionate about. Um, and uh, you know, I think for me, using if anybody out there is listening who has a a career challenge that they're going through at the moment, I think just to try and see that as as a catalyst to to your awakening, um, you know, to, to tap it into that, that deeper understanding of who you are, what the support is that's out there from the universe, but to, to see it as a, a catalyst for your awakening. Um, it's something that I'd, I'd love to kind of leave um, your audience with. Um, if you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? Hmm. Um, I don't think I would really. I think I would just spend spend more time with with my loved ones. Um, and yeah, that that would be it, really. Um, yeah. So my last question is: What are three things about life that you know for sure as of today? I believe that, uh, as I, I guess I've just said, that you know our our challenges are here to. Uh, awaken us to uh, help us grow. Um, I I believe that being in the present moment is uh, one of the most important and profound transformational things that we can do is learning to be present. And I wish they taught that more in schools, but I I, I know the the benefits of it of being in this moment. Um, and then a third one, um, I think that we are all much more capable than what we believe. I think we have access to so much more than what we're taught, than what we're led to believe. Um, we have, you know, so many, so many tools, so many ways uh, of seeing the world that, that aren't, you know, talked about, taught that, that we can use. And I, and I think we have, we have great power as, as, as spiritual beings having a human experience. I, I believe we have great, great power. Thank you so much again for your beautiful message, your genuine presence, your work. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Where can we find more information about you, your work, courses, products, services, and future projects? So I have a website, which is rebeccakirk.co.uk. Uh, that has all the uh, information about my uh, my career course, uh, about my one-to-one work, uh, my blog. So there's always plenty of articles and tools uh, and also a coming soon a, a, a webinar um so an online workshop to take you through um 
some hopefully some empowering and new ways of, of seeing your work challenge if that's what you're going through at the moment uh so yeah everything's on there and i'm also on the usual social media channels as well Wonderful. I'll have those links listed with the podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Rebecca. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Rebecca Kirk and her work, please visit rebeccakirk.co.uk. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. Bye.